Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Jonna Allen. We recorded this back in February in Kansas City. Tall Poppy String Band is going on a little tour. We start this Friday night in Taos, New Mexico, then we're playing Albuquerque, Carbondale, Salida, and finishing up at the Durango Bluegrass Meltdown. Come on out, and if you have friends in or near those towns, let them know we're coming through. Tickets and info at tallpoppystringband.com. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with Jonna Allen, but first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Jonna Allen, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you, Cameron DeWitt. It's so nice to be here. I met you in Armadale. Am yeah. I saying this correctly? Yeah. Yeah, in that's in New South Wales. Yeah. Great. Um, we either met in Dorigo or in Armadale afterwards. I can't yeah. actually remember. I can't really remember either. Well, uh, yeah. we, uh, Gareth Bjorland and I uh, mm. played at house show at your mom's house. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. she has a concert series there. Or had one. I don't know if she still does. Yeah, she does still. Awesome. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. It was a, a great it's environment. It's a beautiful space, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, you and I got to hang out and I think play a couple tunes uh, beforehand and afterwards. And uh, and now you're here. Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you here? <laughs> we're, we're in Kansas City. Why are we in Kansas City and why are you specifically here? Um, well, I'm actually, well, I'm in the States um, specifically to record an, uh, record an album um, with Rachel Bayman producing, um, which I've sort of done most of it now. Yeah. Um, and, and this... Um, coming to Folk Alliance was just like her suggestion, like you should go to Folk Alliance and yeah. may as well, you know, you're over here. Um, so yeah, I came and uh, doing a few like unofficial showcases and it's really fun. Woo. <laughs> I'm so excited actually. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> uh, is this your first time in the States? Yeah. Yeah. General thoughts, questions, concerns, criticisms. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Bad coffee. Bad coffee. Coffee's terrible. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe when you go to special cafes, it's good. Um, but in general, it's bad. <laughs> is, is this because my impression in general of Australian culture is that anywhere you go, you can get a really good espresso? Mm. Um, is that, like, what you're specifically looking for, is, like, good espresso? Uh, not really. Well, I'm just more of a, like, a latte drinker. Sure. Oh yeah. I meant a the lot. espresso family of yeah. Yeah, drinks. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually flat white is probably like the go-to A flat white back home. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually know what that means. Um, it's just like, it's like not as much froth as a latte. Okay, great. Yeah. So it's like kind yeah. of like a latte. But just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the bar is like, is, uh, <laughs> not as, it's not as it's to, flat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I should say something nice now. Yeah, now say something nice about us. <laughs> I'm not fishing for compliments. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, like all the all the people that I met have just been like absolutely the sweetest people, like so generous and just just beautiful people. Oh, good. And I love that everyone like brings their dogs into the pubs. Oh. Like yeah. I went to Dee's Lounge like quite a lot in Nashville, and holy crap, there were so many dogs in there, and I just like that's. For me, like, that's a big mm. thing. Because I really miss my dog back home. I'm, an, I'm a dog person, so, yeah. Oh, is is this dog... Crumpet. Crumpet. <laughs> who, because uh, a, a couple weeks ago, your big sister, Sujata, yeah. was on the show. And yeah. we played, I think, one of your tunes. Yeah. She kind of... She's, yeah, she stole. <laughs> she stole your tune. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Crumpet. Crumpets, what was it called? Among the chickens. Crumpet among the chickens. Yeah. So you miss crumpet. I do. Um, I hate to tell you this. I don't think it's that common to have dogs and pups. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that was that was surprising to me too. I was like, I love this. Yeah. You have it more often. I don't think it's that common. It's not common? I don't think so. Oh, really? Yeah. I just, like, there was a lady, like, with a dog in at Folk Alliance yesterday. She had a dog in the hotel. 
And I was like, ah, oh, I love this dog friendly culture. Like, yeah, I th- yeah, I think you've just gotten lucky. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, how long have you been working on this album on writing the songs for, it's like a, a songwriter album. Is yeah. My, yeah. I haven't heard yeah. the whole thing, but I've heard a couple, I got to yeah. get some sneak peeks. Yes, you did. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it is, we've been kind of talking about it for about two years. So we started talking about it Mm. in 2020 in the, the, the depths of the pandemic. And it was kind of literally the one thing that kept me going. Like it was, it was like when Rachel suggested to Mm. produce the album, I was like, it made me like so inspired and so happy. And like, it really gave me a lot of motivation. Something to 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 do and focus on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you, how do you know Rachel? Um. Well, I think I just went to see her when she came to Australia quite a lot. Like, so yeah. I I started listening to Ten String Symphony. I think my sister introduced me to Ten String Symphony, mm. and I just love what they did. And then I was just became a bit of a Rachel Bayman fan, and I yeah. like, went to see her shows when she came to Australia. And then I asked, yeah, I just I asked her for a lesson, and then it just kind of grew from that. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that, that you're getting to work with someone that you started out as, a, you know, just mm. a fan of them. That's great. I know. Dream country. Yeah, yeah it is. So great. It actually is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's play another tune that I want to talk about your like trad music origins and when that turned into songwriting and all of that. Sure. What, what do you want to play next? Well, I might play the concert reel. Okay, great. Where, what is, the, what is this tune? Is this a... It's an Irish tune. Irish tune. Okay. That I, huh? I, um... I learned it from like Sam Emmerdon's one of his like um, yeah. posts that he does of Irish. Like he just every so often he posts like a whole string of Irish tunes, and Interesting. I like I didn't learned, know that. learned it off that. He's so cool. He's the coolest. He's a, he's a dream guest. On. I, I I really want to. You should on definitely the show. get him. What if he would do it? Shoot. He totally would. I bet he. <laughs> I'm just speaking for him. Now, yeah. does he live in, I think he lives in London. I yeah. Yeah. Maybe so far away. <laughs> Anyway, um, this is one that I learnt from him. Well, not from him directly, but I... Yeah. Um, to be honest, I think he's like the gateway drug for me really getting into Irish music. Oh, yeah. Just from doing that little Irish series of like posting stuff online. I think so, yeah. I was not really that into it before, but I think just the stuff huh. that he's been playing is just like... I don't know. Just good. Just great. Anyway, here we go. The concert reel. The concert reel. The concert reel. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Should I just try? Yeah. Stop. Thank you. 
pretty. It's pretty, hey. Why did you start playing traditional music? Why did I start? Oh, yeah. God. Like, you mean, what type of traditional music do you speak of? Uh, whatever came first. What came first? Which tradition? Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think actually before I got into this kind of tradition, I was into like Eastern European folk music, mm. um, which I was actually playing from like a pretty young age. Like I was huh. in like a Turkish Macedonian band when I was oh, little. Oh, cool. And um, so we played lots of fun like time signatures and... How were you exposed to that? Um, literally, this guy, Lindsay Polak, do you, oh no, you don't know. No, he's I don't. an Australian guy who's like really, um, he's a, a wind player and he, um, like a saxophone, he mm -hmm. plays lots of wind instruments. Um, and I think he went to Macedonia and like, um, like just transcribed heaps of songs and like he, he kind of, he's a bit of a mentor. Yeah. Um, and he was a mentor for our band. Yeah. Um, was this in Armadale? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he just sort of, I don't know what happened. I can't remember. But it was like we had a workshop with him or something and we all got mm -hmm. really into it. And then we were like, let's do a band. And then, yeah. And you were already playing the violin at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forget. Did you do Suzuki or something? Or something like yeah, that? Yeah. We started Suzuki and then we did Amy, a thing called Amy B, which is like the grades system. Okay. Yeah. Like the examination thing. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. So I was playing violin like... Yeah, I guess classical violin. So you had some technique and yeah, yeah. You see with the instrument, and then yeah. that was your first. Yeah, with sort of like fiddle music, I guess. Yeah. How how old were you when you like started playing in this group? Fifteen, sixteen. Mm. But then before that, like my sister had this band that was like played a lot of klezmer music and um, <laughs> um, yeah. So like she was already playing that similar kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I was like already a bit exposed to it. Yeah. And we went to lots of festivals as well when we were younger. So that was. Yeah. Really who's, great. who's bringing you to festivals? Oh, uh, just like my family. Like I think, cause I think my sister's band got into a few festivals and like, um. So that your, your folks would specifically want to come to see her. Yeah. Or I then... think we would just go to festivals anyway as well. Mm. Like I remember going to like Hawkesbury Fiddle Festival like ages ago um yeah and i remember seeing like there was this band um i don't know if you know them but they're called jigzag they're not i think alive anymore but they were i would go and watch them they're like this trio um a bass player liz frencham which you probably know she's like in big in the folk scene in Europe, australia um uh a guitarist and a fiddler and they, I just thought they were like the best thing ever. I would see them when I was like mm. 10 and I was just like, whoa, man. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was good. Had lots of good influences. Yeah. It seems like you were exposed to some, what's, what seems to be key for like kids being interested in trad music often is seeing people who aren't just their parents be into trad music. Yeah. 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 And going to festivals and seeing other people. Yeah. Other yeah. People do it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And just the freedom of it. Yeah. Like, and especially I think, cause I went to study, I went on and studied classical violin and then that really makes you want to kick against it because you're yeah. like, oh, I just really want to improvise. <laughs> and because I already knew the other world a little bit, I was like, 
already like playing in my own little projects outside of like uni and sort of like um sort of bucking against the the classical system a little bit yeah yeah it can be uh really stressful yeah like it's great like I'm glad I had that foundation Mm -hmm. but like um yeah it really does set you up for things but it, it also um uh I think I was really lucky that I was exposed to improv stuff like early on because a lot of people would go through the whole classical system and they, they don't know how to improvise and they're really scared of it. And it's like, well, you could actually do it if you, if you tried because you're so amazing, but um, it's scary if they've never done it before. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's lovely that you were able to have access to both. Yeah. 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 Have the freedom to choose what you wanted. Yeah. But you but you did start going to university for like classical, classical violin, violin. And then yeah. did you like stop because it was not what you were looking for? Well, or did I, you finish it out? I or? finished it. I yeah. finished honors and then after that I was like, I'm done with study and I just want to play in bands and yeah. be a music muso bum basically. <laughs> I so I did, that's just what I did for a couple of years. I just played in bands and mm. um yeah. Like some lots of different types of bands. So there was like one band called the Willy Wagtails that I played in that um, we kind of were like trad jazz, um, folk, punk. Yeah, cool. <laughs> like we were, yeah. We were, we were, it was a lot of fun. It was mm. like lots of energy. And there was the other band that I played in called the Woohoo Review that was like, um, I won't say the G word. <laughs> I won't sure. say that word. Yeah. But um, they were kind of like a fusion of like kind of dance music and like Balkan music. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Well, maybe we should play, I think you said you had a a Romanian tune that you wanted to play. Yeah. And uh, you sent me a recording I totally forgot. And so I'm going to see if I can learn it really quick. And worst case scenario, which is still Mm. a good scenario, we'll have just like a little fiddle fiddle solo. Yeah. 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 yeah, What's this tune called? Um, it's called Hora Moldovaniesca. I think it just means uh, it's from um, a dance from Moldova, which okay, is yeah. somewhere in Romania. It's a little province or something. Great. <laughs> um, but I just want to actually say before please, I play it, please. Um, one of the big reasons I got into Romanian folk music was I met a, there was a violinist who was living in Hobart um, called Mike Patterson um, who. He was like... Hobart's in Tasmania, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was an incredible fiddler who played in a thing called Dog Gypsy Orchestra. That's what it was called. That's what it was called. Fine. yeah. Um, he kind of like really inspired me to get into Romanian folk music. So like, yeah, that was the kind of the connection there. Um, and yeah, so... Thank you. 
sure whether we like end with the first part again or anyway. What a cool tune. It's cute. Hey. Yeah, it's so great. Um, I've never played that scale before ever, so that's yeah. fun. I didn't know that scale was on the banjo. Apparently it is. Yeah. Um, it sounds pretty <laughs> on the banjo. When did you learn this tune? Was this from uh, that that uh, mentor or did you find it somewhere else? Or um, well, yeah, Hobart? so like... Um, yeah, he was listening to a lot of Tariff de Hajduks, which are a Romanian, like actually from Romania, like the real deal. I actually met one of the guys from that band. Oh, cool! <laughs> so he actually played this this violin that I'm playing. This very violin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like I went to see them in Sydney, and um, anyway, that that song's on their album, but they they play it like a million times faster, and um, and it's actually an interesting thing about like the um, the way they play. Um, the so they they play like things a bit swung but they play like backwards bowing so you know how we would play mm. they actually go yeah, starting with the up yeah yeah interesting which is how they get that kind of like wonky kind of sound are you doing that were you doing that I for wasn't this doing it, no. <laughs> you're doing it upside down for them yeah yeah interesting yeah huh that's so so lovely yeah um Cool, my brain feels all stimulated. Yay! <laughs> I have to get back into interview mode. That's what we want. So, with all these like different influences, when did uh, songwriting enter the picture? I reckon as soon as I started like really getting into the mandolin, and I realized mm. it was something that I could like sing with. When when remind? I don't know if you actually mentioned this earlier. Yeah. When did mandolin enter the picture? Um. I think my mum had bought me a mandolin like ages ago, but I and I had it with me down in Tassie, mm. but I wasn't really playing it. And then when I moved to Melbourne, um, I joined like a little country band, mm. and the main guy was super into mandolin, and I mm. was like, yeah. And then I just started writing songs on it, and it was like kind of a really beautiful moment. Um, yeah, it was great because I couldn't really play guitar. But I really loved singing, and I was like, I want to be able to be a singer-songwriter, but, like, can't really do that on the fiddle very well. Yeah, it seems hard It's hard, to yeah. Do. I mean, you can do it, but it's, like, right. tricky. Lots of practice. <laughs> yeah. When you write your songs, are you specifically pulling from any of the traditions that you've studied and that you've played in, or is it just coming from a completely different place and you happen to be playing maybe some of those same instruments? Um... Why do you write songs? Is, oh. Yeah, another question that might answer this, some of the same stuff. Well, I would say, like, one simple explanation is just, like, therapy. Sure. <laughs> like, it was literally just me, like, dealing with, um, yeah, my mental state and being able to express it. Um, and I remember when I first started writing songs, I pretty much, I do that a lot these days too, but, like, Every song I would write, I'd be like crying as I wrote it. <laughs> so I almost like got to the point where I was like, if I'm not crying while I wrote it, it's not a good song. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, but I, I don't know. I think I just cry a bit less these days, which is <laughs> a good thing. Um, but I don't know. I think the old time definitely like, you know, I say that I'm not that into old time, but I think it must have seeped into my music somehow because yeah. my, my music is that it does like my early, my first album does sound very kind of old time influenced. Mm. And, um, uh, I don't know. I think it just comes from like, I don't know where it comes from. 
but yeah, probably a bit of bit of everything that I've done. So like, there's a song that I've written in seven eight, which probably comes a bit from like that like Balkan tradition. Sure, yeah. yeah. I remember. I think I heard this one. Did you? Um, yeah. If I remember right, you're like playing in seven eight. Yeah. And then the drums, I think, are playing in yes. four four, and then they match up every once yes. in a while. And I was like, this is so interesting and clever and disorienting in a in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It's really satisfying to play that song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Will you play a song? <laughs> yes, I will. And and is this going to be a mandolin song or a fiddle song? A, mand I, a mandolin okay, song. Great, great. Yeah, I just decided. What's it called? Yeah. So it's called Scheming Plans. And it's... Um, Can you say it one more time? Scheming Plans. Scheming Plans. Cool. And I think I wrote it in response to like, oh, like the need for us all to be busy all the time and, uh -huh. and not knowing how to relax properly. And yeah. I'm still trying to, trying to figure out how to slow down and how to relax properly. And not, I mean, not even properly. I shouldn't even use the word properly because right. like that is like, um, suggesting that there is a proper way to do it and there is no proper way to do it. But like. Um, when like the hustle culture is making its way into, I have to, some people do like self care or relaxing in this like goal oriented, like it's so shit. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like you get fascist with yourself. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, fascism basically. Yeah. It's like, um, internal fascism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's, yeah, absolutely. Like, you're like, I need to be doing something productive all the time. And then even when you're like, like you're sick. So I, I wrote this song like, you know, when I had like two weeks off work sick mm. and, um, I was just like, couldn't relax, you know, yeah. like it took me so long to just be able to just allow myself to do nothing. Yeah. And like, cause you just, um, cause the idea of doing nothing is so scary. Like, yeah. Whoa. yeah anyway. In, in the internal landscape in, in John Allen is, the 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 fascist voice like how does the the rest of you respond to that like some people like yeah. acquiesce to that and then yeah. they sort of suffer silently in their own body and some people like in response to that fascist voice they you know start flipping cars and stuff mm. well i think often so you know i like i've had like a lot of depression over mm -hmm. my lifetime i guess and um and one of the responses is for me to just completely freeze and be like, part of me is very rebellious and it's like, yeah. fuck you, you don't tell me what to do kind yeah. of thing. Sorry for swearing. Um, you can cuss all the swears you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not radius indicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I think part of I, – I really feel like part of my depression comes from like – I don't know, like the, the kind of like capitalist need to just always be busy all the time. Yeah. And I feel like that's like, ever, like, I feel like that's a big part of depression is like a lot of times where I felt like too tired to do anything. I just felt so bad about myself, you know, yeah. like, and then that leads to more bad feelings and more yeah. like depression. And then you just get into a hole. You know, and you yeah. don't just allow yourself to do nothing. So, like, I feel like maybe in the past I've like associated doing nothing as a, like a really negative thing, but now I'm trying to like re-teach myself that's no, it's positive to do nothing, and you can do nothing and just 
Anyway, this song's about doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm um, dedicated to Rachel Bayman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone who maybe could use <laughs> a little bit of this energy. <laughs> she likes this song. Person. She really likes this song. <laughs> okay, here we go. What, what key is this in? Wait, oh. wait, no, this is going to be a solo. So, well, you can play along if you want. What? It, like, alternates between B flat. Great. And then C. And that's literally all it is. Probably this song was also influenced by a singer-songwriter in Australia called Lucy Thorne. Do you know Lucy Thorne? Oh. I, I basically so. wax... That name sounds familiar. I wax lyrical about her anytime mm. I can. She's like, any, you should you should look her up. She's okay. incredible. Great. Her, her voice is, like, smoky and mm. delicious, and she plays, like, this... Um, like expansive electric guitar and she's just beautiful. Anyway, this is very influenced by her. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks, Lucy. We love you. Okay.
song a lot, Jana. Thank you. I like it too. It's one of my favorite songs. I'm going to zoom in before I zoom out. Uh, I really enjoyed the part of, I think it was the first half of the second verse, where you're talking about this sort of like high maintenance relationship with uh, this fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> And and I and I like that you're you're talk you're kind of like framing it as like oh this is something that it, this is a different kind of work yeah is to the work that it takes to like set up a comfortable yeah you know a comfortable atmosphere yeah you know you have to like you can't just do it no no you have to make it happen and you kind of have to have a relationship with the fire like you seriously mm -hmm. do like um like I feel like. Like when you try and light a fire and you just can't get it lit, it's like the most disappointing thing. And you feel so like you like, you feel like you've disappointed yourself and you, and you feel like you're not friends with the fire and like, yeah. but then when it does work, you're like, yes. Yeah. And like sometimes you get it going and then it goes out and you can't get it back going again. Like it's, I feel like they're temperamental. Like my sister's really good with fires, but I feel like, um, anyway. When I was in Australia, yeah. uh, I had this, this one weekend completely to myself in Cat um, and Clint's mm. cabin. Yeah. Uh, because they were off on tour. And I had, you know, it was like a nine, I was nine weeks in Australia and I was like around people all the time. And mm. I'm pretty extroverted, but I was like absolutely burning out. Yeah. And anyway, so I got to like just do nothing in, in their cabin yeah. uh, for this whole weekend. And it was really lovely. But. <laughs> I could not start a fire. <laughs> and I was, I was feeling so uh, defeated, and I yeah. just like couldn't make it happen. Yeah, I was yeah, like, "What's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah. I can't even yeah. be warm and comfortable at the same time." Yeah, help. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it was getting to the point where I was like, because I think like in like it gets quite cold where I'm from in mm. Armadale. Like, not as cold as here, obviously, but like. In wintertime, you know, we have a really nice fireplace and that's kind of like if you get the fire going, then you're mm -hmm. set, you know. But, like, I felt like I did a lot of, like, talking to the fire and being like, come yeah. on, you can do it. Like, just yeah. talking to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I just really like, I like that little detail because sometimes people can be like, you just need to take some time off. You just need to relax. And sometimes the way that people say that means... Why are you so stressed? Stop being stressed. Yeah. And they're not maybe acknowledging all of the the effort that goes into slowing down. Yes. It, it is work to take care of yourself. Yeah. It is so much work. And that's why 
it's easier to just do nothing and and not take care of yourself because when you're in that really burnt out frame of mind it is the thought of doing anything that seems like work is too much yeah um so and yeah taking care of sorry i'm repeating myself but taking care of yourself is really hard work yeah and i feel like but like yeah i don't know yeah but it doesn't like count as ambitious to you know like in in the eyes of the no, well, you're not getting yeah. paid for it right. because it's not monetized. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also a little bit like music as well. Like it's yeah. a lot like music. Uh-huh. So it's like, hmm. That detail, speaking of that, is when you're saying like even as you're writing the song, you're talking earlier about how like you're like you often like <clears throat> end up crying when you're writing your song and it's like therapy. Yeah. But then there's this other like there's this other voice going on which is like, how am I going to monetize this or how am I going to turn this into some sort of capital, whether it's social or like, yeah. And that's like voices in the back of your head while you're doing this really important work. And it's like so hard to put that aside and just say, no, not now. I'm being creative for me and we'll worry about whether or not, you know, uh, I, you know, I can pitch it to an audience later. Yeah. That has to be secondary. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just, um, I also, I think it's part of being like such a performer and like, I really, mm-hmm. uh, part of me doesn't feel validated if I haven't performed a song to someone. Mm-hmm. Like I, if I haven't even, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I get, yeah, I want to get better at, at just being validating myself without anyone else, you know? I thought a lot about like, what is the function of, of songwriting, especially as I've like veered into just all playing traditional music and there's always like a function behind it. You know, it's like playing for a dance or something. And it's like, what is the function of songwriting? Mm -hmm. And when I'm thinking about like the function of this song, it's you're using the um, emotional intelligence that you've developed and like showing people who could maybe benefit from the work that you've done, like how, how, how to do that. (laughs) And it's like, that is like a a service, Mm. you know, that's like a a lovely thing to offer, Mm. you know? And that I feel like is, is something that takes it from the realm of, Oh, this is just something for me to, this is serving like a Mm. social function. And I think that's really lovely and hospitable and nice. Well, that's really nice. Yeah, thanks for writing that song. Aww. I'm gonna think about that. Yay. More. And I'm excited to hear the album version. Yay. Me too. Well should we should we end on a big rowdy fiddle tune then? Yeah. Bef- yeah. Before we do that, where do people go to buy your music or keep up to date when the album is yeah. announced and all that stuff? Um So I'm on Instagram just as Jana Allen Music. Um, J-H-A-N-A. Yeah. A-N-A. Check the episode title for the, for the spelling. Yeah. Um, I don't have a website yet, but I'll probably need to get one this year if I'm going to promote this yeah. album. Um, I'm on spot. I've got one album on Spotify, mm-hmm. um, but probably best way to, yeah, is by Instagram. Great. And that's where people will hear the news. Yeah. When the news happens. Totally. Which it will. Yes. Soon. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And that's probably how people will get a hold of you right now too, if they want to hire you for book you for something. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for helping me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What should we play for our final tune? Well, 
<laughs> um, I wanted to do a George Jackson tune. George. Because, but one that isn't Dorigo. Well, yeah. Because I wanted to be a bit fancy. So, um, and also. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're like a like you're looking for the deep cut George Jackson. Yeah, tunes. You're yeah. You're a connoisseur. Of yeah. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So I love his tunes that are on like the Time and Place album. I actually, it was one of my kind of ambitions to like learn all the songs on that. So mm. this is kind of like a step towards that. Because yeah. I only learned Dorigo. Chapel Hill Deerstock. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I really like Falls Avenue. Yeah. So good. But I thought it doesn't have enough sections for me. <laughs> I want more sections. <laughs> all for this podcast. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really like it.
Jonna Allen just recorded an album of original songs. It's produced by Rachel Bayman, and it's coming out next February. I loved the mixes I got to hear, and I can't wait to listen to the final product. The best way for you to stay up to date with her is to follow Jonna Allen Music on Instagram. I put a link in the show notes. Support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That's also linked in the show notes, along with links to my banjo lessons, my old-time trio Tall Poppy String Band, which starts our New Mexico-Colorado tour in two days, my other podcast to think outside the box set and Get Up In The Cool merch. And sign up for my spring claw hammer workshops at CameronDewitt.com slash store. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool. <laughs>